When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. I want to know, Matt Harmon, in Jacksonville, what, which one, what's the real team? I, I mean, what are we talking about? Which one was the fluke week? Let's throw that mm-hmm. out there. Which one was the fluke week? Week one or week two? Because I'll tell you what, week one, man, we, we came on this podcast. We came on this show, man, riding high on Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, <laughs> man. We're saying, oh, boy, this one-two combination looking nice. And then week two against Kansas City, I mean, come on. Ridley disappeared. Trevor Lawrence didn't look great. And the Jaguars offense just absolutely sputtered against what I think is a very average uh, NFL defense in the Kansas City Chiefs. So let me ask you, which one was the fluke week? Hmm. I mean, are you going to be really mad at me if I say the truth is somewhere in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's the right answer. I think that's probably the right answer. But but again, week two was so bad and week one was so good, though. You right, know what I mean? Right. So which one was more of the the variants? Uh, you know, if you want to put it a different way, which one was more, you know, to be more expected and which one is to be less expected? I think that I think that we won't see games like like we saw in week two that often because, you know, you said that, OK, the Chiefs are not a good defense. I would push back a little bit on that because they did get Chris Jones back there. True. Um, and and that makes a big difference. And I think if Jacksonville has an Achilles heel right now, it's that they um, they don't have a great offensive line. They're not really able to consistently establish like a, a steady ground game with Travis Etienne. It's been very, very like boom robust so far um, for Travis Etienne. I think that has been problematic. I think also that you know Trevor Lawrence, it, it, they've they've taken a lot of sacks, right? Six sacks so far this season. Not not a ton, but still, like this is a guy that is not a statue quarterback, right? Like they're not expecting him to just sit in the pocket and get blasted. They're expecting right. more improvisational stuff. Um, some of that is is definitely been a problem. It's also worth noting too. This is kind of quietly flown under the radar, but. You know, Doug Peterson has apparently passed play calling duties off to Press Taylor, um, hmm. who has followed him around forever, but uh, you know has never truly been like the guy in in the as the offense coordinator. Like Doug Peterson called the plays last year, they're trying to give Press Taylor a, a shot at it because there are a lot of people that will will speak very very highly of Press Taylor as like a rising offensive star in the league. Uh, so far through two weeks, I wouldn't say we've totally seen it. So, um, because there are even moments in week one where there were hiccups, 
um, you know, there were like quarters where they went quiet. They went off really yeah. hot with Calvin Ridley right away. And then it took a minute um, to kind of get rolling again. You know, Zay Jones left a lot of plays on the field I w- in week two. I mean, it, could, it couldn't have gotten more drastic the week one to week two sort of uh, Good Lord. difference there, you know, with, right. between him and Christian Kirk, like the split of work. So I, I think that the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but there are a lot of things kind of working on the periphery right now. So, yeah, we talked about it on the on the show, too, where we just said, look, if you're freaking out about, you know, Christian Kirk, maybe don't do that, because it felt like to me um, where Ridley was going to be the alpha and you knew he was going to get steady work. Obviously, it proved not to be true there in week number two, uh, but that the, there would be, you know, these wild swing games for for Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, just depending on who made uh, splash plays. Look, we saw Zay Jones make a splash play there in week one, that touchdown grab that he had tough catch, man, really good catch by Zay Jones, but you can't rely on those week to week. And then Christian Kirk just getting absolutely pounded, pounded with targets here uh, in week number two. I I think that one was a little bit of a surprise. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, The fact that Calvin Ridley again, ran 34 routes, which was the tie for the second most uh, and saw eight targets with just two grabs and 32 yards. Man, that is a big-time surprise. Christian Kirk, meanwhile, ran a team-leading 38 routes, 14 targets, 11 receptions, 110 through the air. So, again, Matt Harmon, I know the truth is somewhere in the middle, but, man, what a revival here for Christian Kirk. Yeah, and this is the thing about Christian Kirk. Like He, I think, is a better NFL player than Zay Jones, which is why I wasn't totally ready to, after week one, just be like, oh, it's over for Christian Kirk, and like Zay Jones is the number two. Um, right. I, like, I just think Christian Kirk from the slot perspective, you know, and, and um, Doug Peterson talked a lot going into the game about how um, there are certain schemes, especially like man-heavy schemes, where Christian Kirk can be a guy they lean on, um, especially because like, Christian Kirk manned up against a slot corner, like your run-of-the-mill slot corner, he's probably going to have the matchup advantage there because he's just like a very good vertical player, so he can make those plays downfield. So yeah, it was definitely a good revival for him, and and like he runs the most routes on the team. That was great to see. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not totally panicked about um, the Jaguars' offense. I think there's just there's going to be weeks where they don't look this good because of the offensive line, especially against defenses that can kind of put pressure on them. And like the, that's one thing too, the, um, the damn, the damn, uh, the damn Colts are just not going to get, be a big test for any team right now. So I think this was a test against a real defense in Kansas city. And that that's going to be a little bit more telling, I think. Yeah. Um, there is something to that, that Legereus Sneed maybe, you know, was tracking a, a little bit more of Calvin Ridley. So, it, you know, kind of funneled some more defenses or whatever towards or targets rather towards Christian Kirk. I, you know, I could buy some of that, those arguments, but man, it was, I, I just thought it was a very stark contrast. By the way, where were all the points that we were promised in this game, man? <laughs> you I know. know, it was the highest over under to- point total of the week at 51 ended up being 17 to nine. Oh my goodness. And and listen, the broadcast is trying to say like, oh, hey, look, the heat, it's so hot. Jacksonville. I don't know. I mean, come on. That. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, stop feeding me that, dude. Come on, man. These are pro NFL players here. I don't need to be hearing about the heat and how it's impacted the game to this degree, man. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So these um, are two and- teams, by the way. It's just worth noting when when we're talking about the bring it back to the press taylor thing. Same yeah. thing on the other side of the ball. Uh with the Matt Nagy taking over for Eric Bieniemy, and I know we, we took, like 
it's just easy to say Andy Reid is there, Andy Reid is there, Andy Reid is there. Right. But, you know, how much was being it with like, I think, by the way, I think Washington's offenses look pretty decent for the first two weeks. Um, they're mm-hmm. two and oh, they hasn't been perfect with Sam Howell, but considering the context of their breaking in a, a day three draft pick uh, in his right. third NFL start, I think their game against Denver was pretty encouraging. So I think just altogether, it's, it's, uh, it just might be something to like give these couple these teams a couple of couple of weeks here to get fully operational. And there's been yeah. more than enough positive signs from both of them. Um, like I think tra- getting Travis Kelsey back was nice. You know, Sky Moore goes 70 yards and a touchdown. He made a couple of sure. really nice big plays. Um, so it's just going to take a minute, I think, for these offenses to get fully firing, especially because I guess they're breaking in these two um, these two offensive coordinators who were not point. playing these roles last season. Travis Kelsey, as it should be mentioned, too, I know he made his return, but he only ran 23 routes. Now, he did see nine targets on those 23 routes. Shock. Gives you an idea of how much Patrick Mahomes missed his guy, man, but uh, but certainly was not fully integrated uh, into that offense uh, as of yet. And I'm sure as he gets healthier, uh, we'll see this Chiefs offense kind of sort of take form. So, um, so yeah, I, I think there is a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm a I'm a little bit uh, scratching my head in regards to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought it was going to be a high scoring game there in week number two. Obviously, that was not the case. All right, I want to go all the way back. I mean, here we are. We're recording on a Monday afternoon, but I want to go all the way back here to Thursday night football here. Uh, Matt Harmon, a uh, lot of wide receiver, interesting wide receiver storylines in this one. No. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, for sure. For one, uh, on the Minnesota side, like this was just a great wide receiver game in general, right? Like we get Justin really Jefferson and like one of the best receiver duos in the NFL working, and like right. Jordan Addison. You know, I wouldn't say that Jordan Addison's been flawless so far as a rookie. I think there are some some issues uh, like that I've seen crop up. Nothing too specific or like anything worth freaking out about. But you know, they're they're playing KJ Osborne more than him. I think that will change at mm-hmm. some point, but. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Addison can make big plays that it's not quite the same because it was like a busted screenplay where, um, yeah. you know, Addison runs the route and to his credit, runs it at full speed, runs it hard. And Kirk, to his credit, takes a shot on it. But that Jordan Addison touchdown literally could not be more like carbon copy from some of the routes that he ran, like made big plays on at USC and and back at Pitt uh-huh. too, uh, like right. that like big post route, big over route. He made plays against man coverage on those routes all the time. So I just always think that's interesting. Like we're going to talk about Puka Nakua and how he just looks a lot like Puka Nakua at BYU. Um, that was such like a Jordan Addison collegiate play. And it's just always nice to see like that cleanly translate for players. You know, obviously Justin Jefferson's on a tear. I think they do need someone else to step up there. But I want to talk about the, the Eagles a little bit because it's funny. There's been like a little bit of like, AJ Brown, like what's going on with AJ Brown, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, is Devonta Smith sort of passing him up? 
I don't know if I would say that, but he's Devonta Smith is a really, really good player. Like, uh-huh. it's not as if it should be surprising that Devonta Smith has had these big catches in in a, in the last couple of games. I mean, especially on Thursday night, he gets the one like fifty four yard reception, takes him all the way down inside the um, inside the ten yard line. I right. charted that game out. AJ Brown is wide ass open on the other side of the field too, by the way. So it's not as if like AJ Brown is playing poorly. He's beating man coverage. He's doing his job, and then. You look at the volume metrics for these guys; it's almost identical, man. Like I know, you, I know. You know, it's crazy. Isn't that isn't that just like such an indicator that at some point it's going to break for for yep. AJ Brown? You know, who 100%. has a forty five point seven percent air yard share to forty five point three percent for uh, Devonta Smith. Uh, the The routes are pretty similar. The target share is is literally identical. They both have fifteen targets on the season. You know, I think Jalen Hurts is sort of kind of trying to. He's not a hundred percent like firing on all cylinders so far this year so maybe that's got something to do with it and lastly i just wanted to make a point james people getting all up in arms about aj brown like you know talking to jalen hurts on the sideline and oh there's this dispute they have to be separated people what like honestly james these people should just like (laughs) shut the hell up and read a gossip (laughs) magazine honestly like that's if that's what you find interesting about a football game like go yeah go go to your grocery store and and pick up one of the tabloids like maybe that's for you instead of football okay because like you have no idea i love people like well he shouldn't be over there complaining about his targets while they're winning the game number one you don't know what he's saying to jalen hurts he could be saying he could be saying Hey, I actually think my matchup over here is favorable, and you haven't looked this way. Uh, by the way, in case you missed it, uh, he had a big play that clearly was pass interference and didn't get called, and then two actually scored a touchdown right after this, and that was called back because Rashad Penny was holding. So yeah, you might have been right to point that out. And two, like they're not winning by a hundred points; they'd like to be winning by more. <laughs> so like this, people making a bit like imagine getting worked up at something like that. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. I, I think AJ Brown is like getting some unfair scrutiny both for the on-field results and for that stuff. I just think it's going to clearly be a big week for this guy, at, literally at any point. I think this next coming week, if if we don't see a hundred yards and a touchdown from AJ Brown, I would be shocked. I'm telling you, they are gonna they are gonna do some things to just get the ball to AJ Brown, man. It's gonna happen. You know, as you mentioned, all the volume metrics are so similar. Um, it's a little bit different though from last year where AJ Brown they had similar target numbers overall, uh, but the air yard share was flipped a little bit uh, in that regards, right? So last year AJ Brown saw about forty percent of the team's air yard share, and then Devontae Smith saw about thirty percent of the team's air yard share. So I, I would say that. You know, AJ Brown, and it, visually it makes sense too, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of these deep moonshots or whatever down the sideline, you see that a little bit more for AJ Brown, you know, some more intermediate area routes for, for Devontae Smith, right? So, okay. Now, that being said, um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows what the hell they were talking about on the sideline? But <clears throat> I will say this, though, Matt. I, I mean, it's there's degrees to it, right? Like, it's not the full Elijah Moore. Right. So the counterpoint to to what you're saying is it's not the full Elijah Moore. Right. But certainly it's on that access of, you know, whatever's happening. The Elijah Moore of like they're winning. They're literally winning games. And then Elijah Moore's post game is is like, yo, I need to see more targets. Okay, like I get, you know, like there's it's we're not we're not fully there yet. Uh, But uh, but yeah, certainly it's an interesting it's at least an interesting look on the sideline. It doesn't the optics of it. 
I think we can agree don't look that great. Now, I'm not saying it looks horrible or anything. I'm just saying it doesn't look does it it's not pristine. You know, I, we're not, but, we're yeah, not, but you see, you have to be assuming that you know what is being said here. Like that's true. what I'm saying. And that you are you are assuming, and I think this is wide receiver stereotyping, and a lot of times it's it's just the truth, right? That the, this is what's going on there. But like we said at the top of the show with Saquon Barkley, like Saquon Barkley's getting the ball put in his hands when he's on the field and it's a run play. Like that is what's gonna happen. When yep. you're a receiver, if you feel like you're winning those matchups and you can make a difference for your team and for whatever reason it's not coming your way, like, yeah, look, and, and that's that's the thing that I'm that I'm saying here is, like, the Vikings were not completely out of that game. Like, if no, A.J. No, Brown, no, and no. I, like I said, I think A.J. Brown is no. right. He, he clearly had the matchup advantage there. You know, you want to go ahead and you want to make that – you want to put the dagger in the heart, you know, and they can do that by running the ball, but they can also do that by throwing the ball over the top you know, to a guy like AJ Brown and just end that thing, ice that thing. So what I, and that's, a, that's the thing. If he's over there saying that, I have no problem with it. Now, if he's over there saying like, how fucking dare you throw to, you know, Devonte Smith <laughs> and not to me, then it would be a problem. That, but I think there's problem. probably a net a 0% chance that that yeah. is what he's saying over there. Right. So Agreed. I think you have to do a lot of assuming. Yeah. It's not the full Elijah Moore. You never go full Elijah Moore. Um, by the way, as much as I like Elijah Moore, we're talking about Elijah Moore versus AJ Brown, who's been in a yeah, NFL right. yeah, right. little receiver. A little bit of a different right. cachet. Right. Exactly. And yeah, the stone worst thing you can do is your team wins a game and you pop up on tw- you will go to Twitter and you, yeah. you post about like about why you're not getting the ball or whatever. So that right. is um you know, shoot, even Drake London didn't do that after week one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I just think right. that like this type of stuff is is the thing that gets discussed in the media and, and people freak out about it, but it means like literally nothing to me, especially for guys like, I mean, AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts are like best friends. Yeah, um, really. So yeah, really. I don't know. It's crazy. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 